Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So here we are. We just finished season three of Star Trek Discovery. And on today's show, we actually have something to talk about that's related to Star Trek Picard. Like, we don't miss a beat. There's always something Star Trek new to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and, and this might be a good time to point out, yeah, that our Star Trek Discovery review episodes are, of course, ending. But we will continue. There's lots of Star Trek stuff to talk about. As you say, we will continue to be doing our flagship show. So, yeah, have no fear. There's always Star Trek stuff to discuss. Have no fear. We're always here for you. We're not going to abandon you. Don't worry about that, because this is Positively Trek. And I'm Bruce Gibson. And with me, as he always is, is the famous Dan Gunther. (laughs) (laughs) You always call me famous. I don't get this. (laughs) You're famous to our listeners. Uh, well, so are you, though. <laughs> but I'm not as famous as you. Oh, uh, I don't think that's true. I you don't have think a YouTube true. channel. That's the difference there. Nah, well, I mean, nobody watches that. Nobody Who watches that? that that's I do. <laughs> I, I, I do. And okay. I know other people do. I see their comments. Well, you're not nobody <laughs> then, so thank you, Bruce. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, thanks everyone for joining us on today's show. We've got a few things we want to talk about that's in Star Trek news and some other topics we'll discuss at the end of the episode. So stick around because you know what? You may never know what we go into. Sometimes we come up with things to talk about that we didn't even plan. It just naturally happens. It's a surprise, you know, because, you know, we love talking Star Trek. That's what started this podcast is because we used to record on literary treks and afterwards we talk about other Star Trek stuff. So now this is like a behind the scenes after literary treks episode. (laughs) (laughs) in a sense (laughs) but anyway speaking of discovery and before we talk about star trek picard in discovery we did get some concept art of some of the 32nd century ships from the show that we've seen like in the background some we didn't get really close looks at but now we get some closer looks at that concept art and the first one we want to talk about is the uss voyager j how exciting is it to see a new Voyager starship. It's pretty cool. I I do love that we get this concept art. I love the visual effects and scenes like that in discovery, but at the same time, sometimes it's a little hard to get a good look at these ships as we're just flying by them or, you know, just get a glimpse of them in the corner of the screen kind of thing. So it's nice to see these front and center, really gorgeous, full, looks at these ships and yeah the voyager j really exciting to get another voyager actually played a bit of a prominent role in the season finale this week of discovery as well so that's kind of a nice little bonus and uh, yeah it's cool to see this shape of this 32nd century intrepid class ship and the detached nacelles and the the little negative space at the end at the back end of the ship there pretty cool pretty cool yeah, it does look like it's a takeoff on Voyager, the Voyager that we all know and love, uh, but a very different type of Voyager. 
you know, it's it's hard to talk about these on a podcast because you're not looking at these with us. So uh, we're looking at these right now from trekmovie.com where they there was like poster images that came out. They blow in on these ships so we can really get a good look at these. The next ship that we did see earlier in the season was the USS Nog, which is an Eisenberg class. And this is named after Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog on Deep Space Nine, who unfortunately passed away not that long ago. And uh, it's an interesting ship. It actually reminds me of my AirPods that I bought for my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can. I. I get that. Yeah, definitely a different. It, moving away from the, like the saucer secondary hull and the cells look of Starfleet ships, which you know I, they haven't been afraid to take on some different shapes and do some interesting things. But yeah, this is a really interest, a really cool looking ship, and I love, of course, the tribute to Nog and Aaron Eisenberg. I think that's uh, was terrific. What a wonderful thing to see earlier this season. And to get a good look at this ship is pretty cool too. I want to get a good look at the captain. I wonder if the captain is Ferengi. I was cool. really wanting to see a Ferengi this season in Discovery. Yeah. And I wonder, are they a part of the Federation? That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I was wondering that too. I was just thinking about that yesterday. It's like, where where are the Ferengi in all this? Are they part of the Federation? And maybe we'll see that next season. So we'll see. Uh, the next one we have is the USS Le Guin. It's a Mars-class vessel, and it's named after speculative fiction author Ursula K. Le Guin. And we do know who the captain of this ship is. It's Captain Bandra, who we did see in a previous episode when they're all standing in Starfleet headquarters having a meeting. Yeah, I, this is one that, you know, I didn't really notice in the the scenes in Discovery. So, you know, I don't really have a feel for the ship. I wouldn't mind seeing some more different views than we got. Then we get just the one view here because, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how this is all laid out. It looks to be like a saucer section. I'm putting saucer in quote marks because it may be triangular. I'm not quite sure with two big warp nacelles underneath. I'm not sure, but uh, it's an interesting shape. Anyway, these all look very organic in kind of how they're shaped as well. Yeah. I, I would like to see more angles of the ship. It's a little disorienting for me. I can't really, the way you described it is Hallie. I I'm seeing it too. I definitely would like to see more angles of this. How are these going to work when they come out from Eagle Moss's models? <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious to see how that will work. But uh, yeah. Hmm. Then we have the USS Maathi, which is an Angelou class ship. And this is named after Nobel Peace Prize winner Wangarni Mamnathi, and it's, uh, who is the founder of the Green Belt Movement. And of course, the class of the ship is named after the late poet Maya Angelou. This is a very interesting ship. I remember Tilly calling out on this one. Yeah, it was. I think it, she called it a, a flying rainforest or something like that. And that's definitely what it looks like here. There's kind of a big dome, a, well, a big donut shape. There's a hole in the middle. And yeah, lots of green space. And it looks like water in, in there as well, which is really interesting. Yeah, I kind of want to go on this ship i don't think it's very attractive looking ship because it's really <laughs> kind of weird looking it looks like some kind of like chew toy i would give to a dog maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think it would be very much like you'd feel like you're on a planet but you're actually on a ship so yeah i think i you know do you think we're gonna see these actually get to board these ships next season 
I would love to get on the Mathai ship. That's cool. Yeah, maybe. Um, my guess would probably be no, but <laughs> that would be cool to see. Uh, I, uh, I really want to. So then we have the USS Jaber. It's a Courage-class ship, and it's named after Arab geographer Ibn Jaber. Uh, so this one, I'm trying to... F- I'm trying to figure out what this makes me think of. It's making me think of something, but I'm, I, I don't know. I'm wondering which end is the front because yeah, there, there's, there's kind of a pointed end and then a blunt end. And if the blunt end is the front, this might be the same class of ship as the USS song, which we kind of saw in the second last episode of discovery front and center when it kind of, intercepted discovery inside the the shield of starfleet headquarters it's kind of got that that tall rounded shape to it yeah i i don't know i don't even know how to describe it it's reminding me of something but i can't think of what it is it's i don't yeah everyone just has to go online and look (laughs) it's very interesting looking ship yeah, sure. we will, of course, have a link to this particular story in the show notes as well. So you guys can all check that out. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the last one, which is the USS Annan ship. It's a uh, Saturn class. Yeah. Named after uh, UN Secretary General, former UN Secretary General Kofi Annan, which uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's got this round. It looks almost like a, a hollow Frisbee with two little nacelles out the back. <laughs> I I kind of like this one. I don't know. I it's it the use of negative space in these ships is kind of strange, but I I like the feel of this one. I think that's a kind of neat looking ship. Yeah, a lot of these are not your classic looking Starfleet ships from Star Trek, which is a lot of fun. I would love to know more about these ships and at least board one or two of them next season. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Well, okay. The next thing we want to talk about, though, is Nichelle Nichols. And uh, she's been all about getting people to board ships. So there's a new documentary out called Woman in Motion, Nichelle Nichols, Star Trek, and the remaking of NASA. And it tells this story about how Uhura, Star Trek actress Nichelle Nichols, pioneered the NASA recruiting program to hire people of color and the first female astronauts for the space agency in the 70s and 80s. And this is something I've known about her, but I don't know a whole lot about her. And I really, really want to see this documentary. Yeah, I'm really curious about this as well. Uh, I see that it's opening in movie theaters nationwide in the U.S. for one night only through Fathom Events on February 2nd. Uh, I'm curious how or if we'll be able to see that up here in Canada. Sometimes Fathom Events have other locations in Canada, not usually in the city where I live, Grand Prairie, which is a little off the beaten path, but hopefully this will be available to see in other ways later on because yeah, this looks really fascinating and I love Nichelle Nichols. Uhura, of course, is an amazing character. I've had the opportunity to meet her on one occasion and she's just the most amazing woman. I would absolutely love to learn more about her and, and see this documentary. Yeah, I've I've met her now twice. I met her back in the 90s and again just a couple years ago. And yeah, really nice woman. And I'm seeing here that she did form a company called Women in Motion. Now the documentary is called Woman in Motion, but she found a company called Women in Motion Incorporated and that they recruited more than 8 
thousand African American, Asian, and Latino women and men for the agency. That's incredible. That is incredible. the The real world work that she has done is, you know, we know her primarily, of course, as Uhura, and that's very important to Star Trek fans. But I love this highlighting of the work she's done outside of that. That's made a real tangible difference in the world. It's pretty amazing. Well, I don't know. I mean, I really want to see this. You're right. It's fandom events. I know I can see this in my area. It's on February 2nd, which is a Tuesday, but I haven't been going to the theater because of COVID. I don't know how I feel about attending the cinema and sitting in there with other people for two hours, even though I'm wearing a mask. And what if somebody else isn't wearing a mask? I I don't know if I feel comfortable, but I really, really want to see this. But to your point, I do think they're going to release this in other manners at some point. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Nichelle also inspired another Star Trek actress, and that was Whoopi Goldberg, because she actually approached Gene Ronberry saying that she would love to be on Star Trek, that Uhura meant a lot to her to see an African-American woman on the bridge of the Enterprise, that, you know, they actually have a purpose and have lived on into the future. So that's how she became Guinan. And then earlier in the year of 2020, Patrick Stewart was on The View and asked Whoopi Goldberg if she would appear on season two of Star Trek Picard, which she said yes. And that being on Star Trek has been some of the best highlights and fun she's had in her career. And she was just beaming for several minutes after he asked her to come back on to play Guinan. Well, recently, she says that she hasn't seen Discovery, and this is an interview with SFX Magazine. She says, but she did watch the first season of Picard, and she really enjoyed that. And from time to time, she does talk to Patrick Stewart about Star Trek, and she's hoping she'll be joining the cast for, quote, a little while next year. And she's very excited about that. So does that mean that it's not a definite that she's going to be on Picard and if she joins for a little while is that for a couple episodes or maybe just a little while to do one it's like I don't even know if this is going to happen <laughs> it sounds like it's definitely going to happen according to Michael Chabon it sounds like it's definitely going to happen according to Michael Chabon I, I definitely think this is something that is happening everyone seems to be very excited about it this is I think one of those instances where people pick apart really word by word what somebody says in kind of an offhand moment. <laughs> no one does that, Dan. Come no, on. No, never. <laughs> but I, you know, the word hopefully there could just be a little bit of a filler. The little while thing, I think, could go either way. It could mean like, as this article is speculating, a little while. Ooh, more than one episode. Oh, my goodness. Or... It could mean less time than we thought. Like it, it, it's all completely up to interpretation. I think people kind of get a little bit antsy about analyzing quotes like this. So I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I'm excited for her to appear. Ever since that moment on the View, of course, that went viral, where Patrick Stewart asked her to be on the show. I think it's definitely going to happen. Uh, whether it's for one episode or more than that who knows but i'm excited to see it what is really sad to me is that i've seen some people online complaining that they do not want to see whoopi goldberg on picard because they don't like her political views 
that she, she has made on The View and I guess maybe elsewhere. I don't know what those views are. I don't know what she has said. I don't watch The View on a regular basis. I've seen it a few times. But there's actually some Star Trek fans out there that don't want her to appear for that reason. And it's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if my political views agree with hers or not. I don't really care. I want Guinan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg is an is an amazing star, and it's great that Star Trek has someone like her. I think, as far as somebody who's a big name in a bunch of different areas, and Guinan is a terrific character. So, yeah, I don't know exactly what they're referring to. I've never really followed Whoopi Goldberg's politics. I don't watch The View, like you say. So, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what they're referring to uh maybe i guess I, I i don't know i should look into what her politics are i guess but it's not really something that's uh important to me with regards to guinan showing up on picard i'm just excited for the character and the actor right me too i mean why not and as a matter of fact Whoopi goldberg just premiered on a new series on cbs all access so she is already working with the network and that new series that she's in is called The Stand, and it's on CBS All Access right now. So she's she's already involved, you know, at CBS. So, yeah, we'll, we'll probably get her on Star Trek Picard. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I've been kind of wanting to check out the new version of The Stand. I, of course, watched the 90s miniseries and a, a, a few times. It's it's really great. I, I don't know. Do, have you ever read The Stand? No, and I never saw the miniseries either. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see this new miniseries. I, I wonder if it holds up. Whoopi Goldberg, of course, plays Mother Ab- Abigail. So, uh, yeah, perfect role for her, I think. Maybe I will watch Now that Discovery's over, and this just started, maybe I will watch this. I, I do like Whoopi Goldberg's performances. One of my favorite movies of all time is The Color Purple, which I just rewatched with my daughters, who it was their first time, and they really enjoyed it. They loved it. And I mean, just watching that movie made me want to see Whoopi Goldberg more, you know, because she's fabulous <laughs> in it. Yeah. Anything she's in is excellent. Like even Sister Act, I remember enjoying as a kid and uh, her role in Ghost, I thought was terrific. I I don't know. There's a bunch of other stuff, of course, that she's been in that's just kind of escaping my mind at the moment. But everything I've ever seen her in, I just love her performances. Yeah. She won an Academy Award for Ghost. Yeah, that's right, too. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I remember she was in Jumping Jack Flash. I don't think that was a very good one. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember that was years ago, a long time ago. But she also plays a terrific role in a little series called Star Trek The Next Generation. If you haven't checked that out, you really should. Ooh. ooh. Is she in any movies that relate to Star Trek? Maybe Star Trek Generations? Yeah, she's in a movie, Star Trek Generations. She's also very briefly in Star Trek Nemesis, but uh, it's a blink and you'll miss it. (laughs) Yes, and in both of those, she was uncredited. So she just Hmm. wanted to do it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. she had a more prominent role in Generations, but she was never credited for it. So she's willing to take, I guess, a pay cut to do Star Trek. That's how important it is to her. (laughs) That's pretty cool. (laughs) So, yeah. So, you know, speaking of characters and movies and such, I have a couple topics I want to surprise Dan with, you know, here we go. One he kind of knows, but the others I kind of came up with earlier and didn't tell him. So I love it when I'm going to surprise Dan, but no worries. You'll be able to handle these. These are easy. Okay. So, all right. 
<laughs> do you want me to bring up the topic I just I mentioned to you earlier first, or do you want me to do the surprise topics? Oh, I, I'm going to leave that up to you. That is host's discretion this week. <laughs> okay. I think I'll go with the one I talked to you about earlier because uh, it kind of relates to the fact that we just talked about, mentioned Generations and Nemesis, and that is Star Trek Insurrection. So, of course, in recent news, we've been seeing what has been happening in America with people who are protesting and then riding into the capital of the United States and taking things over in there. And in newscast, I would hear people refer to it as an insurrection. And we've had Congress people say the same thing. And in these newscasts, I'd hear the anchor sometimes explain what the definition of an insurrection is. And it's when people are trying to overthrow or take over their government. And I thought, you know, I'm so used to thinking of insurrection. I think of Star Trek the movie, Star Trek Insurrection. And I was thinking, but you know what? Every time they keep telling me what insurrection is, I'm like, but that doesn't have anything to do with the movie Star Trek Insurrection. There's nobody trying to take over their own government or overthrow mm. it necessarily. Yeah, I've always felt the title for that film was a little bit not well thought out. You know, insurrection is, like you say, taking on the government with the intent to overthrow it. In Star Trek Insurrection, yeah, the Enterprise crew kind of goes a bit rogue and they go against the orders of their superior officer, but it's just that one admiral and, you know, this cabal of of people hidden in the shadows, I guess. The actual events of the movie, Riker and LaForge take evidence to the Federation Council to, you know, overturn this decision. So if anything, they're kind of taking the most legal means possible to support their government against this force within it, if that makes sense. So, you know, and I feel like maybe some insurrectionists feel that 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 they're on the side of good doing something like that as well. But that, you know, definitely isn't the case with what happened in the Capitol and the, the scenes that we've seen there. So yeah, I, that, that film and its title, sometimes it bugs me a little bit. It's not my biggest complaint or anything like that, but I'm like, yeah, insurrection is a bit of a loaded word that maybe doesn't quite fit that film quite right. Yeah. It's like, you really have to kind of force it to work, you know, it doesn't really work. And I thought, well, you know, maybe it also has to do with the Baku. They're trying to remove them, but that's not removing their own governments. Like, it's just, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. But it makes me wonder, because, and I don't know the whole story. I've heard little bits about it. But Michael Piller originally was right, working on the script. And it was going to be a lot different than what it ended up being. And I remember talking to his wife just a couple years ago at Star Trek Las Vegas. And she has a book uh, I think it has the original script, and especially uh, with the whole writing process that he went through for this movie, what the original intent was. So maybe it had more of an actual insurrection into it, and the name just stuck. I haven't read the book. It's it's a big book. Uh, I think it was like 50 bucks for it, and I bought it from her. And uh, I've talked to her about maybe even her coming on the show sometime. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I haven't even read it yet. I want to kind of read through it before I invite her on. So maybe one day we'll have her on and find out more about uh, what her husband was doing with the script. Yeah, it's, it's actually an incredible book. We did cover it on Literary Treks years ago when it was me and Matt rushing. Uh, it, it's, it's a really interesting read and, and a lot of fun. 
I do remember when Insurrection was coming out as well. There was a bunch of stuff with regards to its title and they kept changing or trying to come up with a good title for it. So I think that might be part of it as well. I think the original working title was Stardust, if I remember correctly. That's right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I don't think it was ever intended to be a final title, but I remember reading some behind the scenes stuff where they just like, they tried like 10, 15 different titles and it just never, nothing really gelled. And Insurrection is definitely an exciting title. And I'm sure the marketing people were probably (laughs) big behind that decision because yeah, Insurrection sounds really like a big deal and exciting and just maybe not that representative of what happens in the film. Yeah. The name of the book is Fade In, The Making of Star Trek insurrection so yeah um i haven't read it yet so i i I plan to like i said i have it on the shelf it's big they call it a textbook for screenwriting and uh what yeah i remember talking to his wife and she said it's not really just a book about star trek but it's a book about screenwriting so if any students are interested in learning how to write scripts this is a good reference book for that so uh it's definitely something to check out if you can find it uh sandra pillar is the woman's name, his, his wife that, uh, I spoke with. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just wondering like, why is it called insurrection? I can't figure it. So that's been on my mind today because of the news this, this whole week. So, yeah, but okay. So the surprise topic, Dan, and I'm going to throw this out for everyone to let them know that if you have not seen the final episode of season three, Star Trek Discovery, that hope is you part two, then you want to stop listening now and follow us on Twitter at positively trek so (laughs) i'm just gonna assume that all of you guys have seen the last episode or if you're not into discovery you could care less about what we're gonna talk about but (laughs) you don't care about spoilers so dan i want to ask you at the end of that hope is you part two saru goes back to kaminar and he has to make a decision at some point of returning back to Starfleet, I mean, what's he going to do? Because Burnham is now captain of Discovery. So I want to hear from you what you think or what you hope to see what would happen with Saru in season four. And who is the first officer of Discovery right now if Saru's not there and Burnham's now captain? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, So Saru coming back... I could see him being like an aide to Admiral Vance or maybe something like that. I could even see him captaining Discovery and Burnham taking on a different role, maybe as a higher up aide to Admiral Vance or something. You know, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, it would definitely shake things up. We do know he is in season four, so he does have a role of some kind, hopefully still within Starfleet and and within that group of people that we've seen. I don't know. That's a really good question. As to the first officer of discovery, we brought this up in our episode review and it's kind of interesting. Originally when they filmed the scene, Tilly was wearing a red command uniform and the implication was apparently that she was the permanent first officer to Burnham on, on discovery going forward. They apparently digitally changed her stripe on her, on her uniform from red to teal to kind of open up their possibilities to say, well, maybe she's not the actual first officer. Maybe she's, you know, just the science officer or something like that. 
So I don't know. I feel like the writers are leaving their options open as to who the first officer is as well. I, I don't know. I'm really curious. Yeah, my thoughts are, I'll stick with Tilly first. I think that Tilly will be the first officer. I think when we get back to season four, we will find that it takes place months, maybe even a year or so after the events of season three. And Tilly will be a lieutenant. She'll be promoted. And that maybe right now she's an acting first officer. And then she's made permanent first officer because of what she was able to accomplish in season three. I I don't know who else they would put in that position outside of Saru as a possibility, but because of what they did with Tilly this season, I can see them making her a, a lieutenant and the permanent first officer. And even though there's other people on the ship that outrank her, it's not the first time we've had a first officer with a lower rank than other officers on the ship. Because even Spock in the beginning of TOS was a lieutenant commander. And I, I don't remember, I think Scotty was still maybe a lieutenant commander, but you know there's got to have been other commanders on the ship. I'm just popping to the end of the episode because I think Tilly is a lieutenant at the end of this episode. I'm just going to. Really? Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm getting all excited now. (laughs) Okay. It does look like she has two bars on her. No way. I haven't heard anybody say this. Now I'm not sure. Hold on. There's two bars, but no pips. So I'm not sure exactly what that means here. Let me see. Oh yeah. Burnham's taking the seat. Oh, you're watching it. Oh, my gosh. We're going around the room. I wish I could see this with you right now. <laughs> going around the room. <laughs> okay. So, a Woshikun has two bars and no pips. Okay. And she's been referred to as lieutenant. And Tilly has two bars and no pips. So, I think she's a lieutenant now as well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm sure some of you are like, duh, yeah, I've already known that, already seen that, whatever. We're recording this on a Saturday, so I'll probably see this all online in the next day or two anyway and go, oh, great, you know, everybody called it out. But, uh, well, now, well, there you go. There might, If that's true, then my prediction is correct about her being a, a lieutenant, so that's cool. So, mm-hmm. And then to your point, if she had read before, maybe that was the intention at the end of the episode to that she's in, in the command division and she's a lieutenant. So she probably would be first officer. Yeah. I wonder what Mary Wiseman herself would think watching this episode. She's like, I I swore I wore red that day. Why, why am I wearing blue? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would be kind of strange. She's like, I swear. I know I was wearing red. I remember even discussing how it matched my hair color. (laughs) (laughs) and there are behind the scenes photos where you see she's in the red uniform and you watch the episode and it's blue so it's interesting well it's like okay now i'm digressing to something else but in star trek the motion picture at the very end they're on the bridge and mccoy and spock are wearing their field jackets and they have the stripes of the division they're in, and it's reversed in a different shot. They 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 switch jackets, <laughs> and I kept thinking when they did the director's cut, why didn't they digitally like correct the colors on that? Yeah, that's one of my favorite little goofs in that film. I love that because it's just one that I love pointing out when we're watching the movie. Yeah, it's the very last scene when they're getting ready to fly off and they're on the bridge, and yeah. yeah. Just watch it. Look at the little, <laughs> look at the colors on their shoulder. And then uh, the next shot, you'll see it's reversed on Spock and McCoy. So that's a fun idea for a future episode. Are each of us have our top 10 favorite like continuity 
goofs oh or something. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and then try to explain how it really works in universe. <laughs> well, you see, that's actually a Starfleet issue boom mic that comes into frame in that episode. <laughs> right. It's the way they monitor the bridge with the boom mic or whatever. <laughs> You just never see it on camera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so Saru. This is I, I don't know what they're gonna do with Saru. I don't really have any uh predictions of what they're going to do, but I will tell you what I would like to see them do. Well, first of all, I don't think they will make him captain of Discovery and Burnham becomes first officer. I think that would be really cheap that you make Captain Burnham commander of the uh, Discovery and then you knock her down to first officer immediately or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, maybe if they don't have a permanent first officer, Saru could fill that position, but then it's like, but he was captain and he still holds the rank of captain. I don't even like that too. But what I'd like to see, and then I heard Doug Jones say this on the ready room, but I was thinking this before that I'd like to see him as an ambassador for the Federation. Ooh, that's cool. Because the idea is you, you want to keep the character on the ship. And if you don't make him captain, you don't make him first officer, he needs to be in a role that maybe he's helping with the Federation in bringing in these worlds. And as an ambassador, he could be on the ship where Discovery is transporting him to different Federation worlds to do whatever duty he needs to do as an ambassador to bring them on as they're also bringing them dilithium. So I thought the two could work well together. I also thought you could promote him to Admiral and kind of fill that same kind of role as an admiral who's being escorted on the Discovery. But I don't like the idea of an admiral because I don't want it to be where he starts, you know, he's like, oh, I'm the senior officer, I'm, you know, Burnham, I'm taking you off the bridge, I'm making the command decision. I don't want to get in this debate of Saru and Burnham, like, who's in control right now, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. But as ambassador, I feel like he would have a lot less of that. I like the ambassador idea, especially since he could be, you know, going on joint diplomatic missions with his wife, President Tarina of oh, of Navarre. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I ship those two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put that right out there. <laughs> well, there. So it works for that, too. I'm glad we can make that work for you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm hoping. So, yeah, let us know, everyone, what you would like to see with Tilly and Saru and how the command structure of the discovery is going to be handled in season four, whether your predictions or what you wish for. And you can do that by email. You can send us to positively at gmail.com or do it through Twitter at positively Same on Instagram. And of course we have Facebook and you can do it in our discussion group there and let us know from there. So Dan, where can people find you online if they want to talk to you about this or anything else? Well, a great place to find me is on Twitter at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also find me, of course, uh, as Bruce, you mentioned, in the Positively Trek discussion group. That's where I love hanging out and talking Star Trek. Love seeing all the posts and that kind of thing there. So, uh, yeah, if you have something Star Trek related you want to share, that's a great place to post it. We love people sharing things there. You can also find my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Productions, where I make videos about Star Trek and other things, but mostly Star Trek. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. And you can also find me on this week's recent episode of Open Channel Podcast, where we're reading listeners' comments to the most recent episode, Discovery, with me and Chris Littlefield. And I'm also a guest on The Janeway, uh, 
and I can't remember which episode of Voyager, but it was from season one because we recorded it like over a month ago. <laughs> but anyway, shoot, I just saw it posted and I can't remember. Emanations, uh, emanations. That was it. That was yeah. it. Actually, yes, it was emanations. Yeah, it was that episode from Voyager. So there you go. Check that out. So thanks everyone for joining us, and we'll be back here again next Tuesday with another episode of Positively Trek. So you know what I'm gonna say. Stay positive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.